Oh, sure. Episode number 15, coming in hot, you betcha. Is it a damn good one? You bet your bottom dollar it is, buddy. Ladies and gents, let's get the show on the road. Hand Planted Podcast, episode number 15, is live in five, four, three, two, and one. Top of the morning, folks. Good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Ham Planet Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Ham. And uh, if you're new to the podcast, damn, it is incredible to have you here. I'm so happy that for one reason or another that your ears are absorbing the good old Ham Planet Podcast, and it truly means a lot to me. To preface what this podcast is all about it's all about good vibes from great people sharing glorious stories and um tonight we have an extremely special guest i like to consider our guest one of the best storytellers that i have ever been able to call a friend and uh, i'm very lucky to call him a good friend of mine He is a very proud, good old Culver Military Academy alumni. He's a proud Ole Miss Rebel. And he's an absolute beaut. He's the legend. Mr. Will Sexton is in the building. And I also should add that uh, we got a second featured guest. It is the one and only Shamalama Ding Dong, Mr. Christopher Hamm the CEO of Casper, the Savage CPA. He's fired up and uh, we got a great one for you. So to preface this podcast, this one was unique and special. Chris, Will and myself were having a good old phone call and it was about midnight. And next thing you know, we said, Let's do a damn podcast. So here it is. Enjoy it, embrace it, and share the shit out of it. Here we go. If not for you being a massive Cowboys fan, you know how much I fucking hate the Cowboys. You know how we feel about the Packers. Yeah, fair enough. But... I hate the Cowboys. I like, the, I like I like the Packers. I hate the well. You went to a game we won in overtime, baby. And I wore a cheese hat and I had a great time. And it was cold, and I got to meet Paul Horning. Like I fucking. You did the get to meet Paul Horning. It was fantastic, Pete. You should have come, brother. You know I wish I was there. Can you, Will? Can you give the story of Paul Horning real quick? Because the last time you told me about Paul Horning blew my mind. So, well, Chris, Chris and I, uh, so I, I bought the two tickets to go to Lambeau Field for a playoff game because I knew that the Packers were going to be a playoff team. So I knew what, right? But so I, I knew that they were going to win the division. So I knew that they were going to. So I knew, knowing that they were going to win the division, I knew that they had one playoff game in them at Lambeau Field. So yeah, they did. They did. 
originally when I bought them. So I, I, I came home from a bar, very hammered drunk, about 1.45 in the morning. And I bought, fuck. I mean, th these seats were about $500 a seat. And I bought them for my dad and myself. I could have pissed on the field. Well, well, because I was like, Dad, I could have pissed on the fifty. Been, well, no, so so for my my dad and I, my my dad hasn't been to a play. My dad and I, when I was a kid, so move this backwards. My dad and I, when I was a kid, we used to go to Packers games once to twice a year. We go to a regular season game, and if they made the playoffs, he would figure it out. We go to a playoff game, and he moved to Arizona. And then I lived in Indiana and or Illinois and then Minnesota. So I, I, we weren't in the same spot. So he would, he and I would typically find a time to go either in Arizona or Minnesota, but we never got a chance to go back to an, to a home game, to like a proper Packers home game in like the term of like 10 years after we had gone every year for 15 years, we didn't go for about 10 years. And uh, so I got drunk one night in Minneapolis. I was living alone in Minneapolis. I didn't have very many friends. And I bought these two seats. I spent about a grand on these two seats. And I was like, Dad, so Those I have these nice two seats. seats. I remember right, I, was like, Dad, I, got, I got these two seats. They're about, they're about 35 rows up on the 45-yard line. And they're playing the Giants. Do you want to go? And my dad texts me back the next day and goes, no, I can't. I went, what the fuck do you mean? No, you can't. It was, no, I, I can't. I went, okay. And so I sent a text message in a group message to be diplomatic or democratic. I sent one to, it was a collective group message between David, Chris, Nick. Nick. Like, there's Kyle. like four or five guys, right? No, 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 not Kyle. Like, like the, the Ole Miss guys plus Nick and plus David and Chammy. And I'm. Good group of men. Pete, I'm not kidding. 30 seconds after I send it, Chris sends me one back. It goes, mine. And when I, Chammy's going with me. Right. All right. So, Chammy's going with me into the game. On it. Immediately. And Chammy, so Chammy drives up. So I had, I had to, to I had to like, I had to like finagle my, like, once you commit, like, you're in. Like, oh, no, you're in. You have like, to, Chammy. And then, Chammy, and then like, personally, like Personally, I had to deal with the backlash of accepting, which was well, no, but also Chammy. It was Sunday you, night. It was a whole fucking thing. Chammy, once you once you commit, yeah, but yeah, but once you commit to a playoff game, you're going. I know, but women it's a once in a lifetime type of thing. Uh, I understand. I would go. That's what I told he, him. He Pete, Pete, he met Paul Horning. He got a two crisp. Best wishes, Paul. Horning. Oh, so so tell PD about Paul Horning. So we, I love Paul. so no like who is this guy? So so, PD. So here's the Paul Horning part of the story. So yep. my my favorite bar in Green Bay, shit bar, huge. It's it's fine, but it's the, a the huge bar, shitty bar. Right. So it, my it's favorite across the, It's across the street from Lambeau Field, right? It's called Stadium View. Yep. And so I, Chris and I get to the stadium and I was like, Chris, we got time. Let's go to the bar. So, and so they have outdoor heated lights and everything. So it's fine, but it's cold as fuck. Oh yeah. It's, it's about 10 below, but they've got, yeah, they've got heated, 
They got heat and everything. It's not 10 so below, but it's, it's, it's not 20. Well, with wind chill and all this shit. No, 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 no. No, it, no, no. We're, we're at zero wind Pete, chill. Pete, it's cold. we're at zero. Pete, we're at zero before wind chill. Chris, that game ended yeah. about 15 below. That was during the day when we were at the bar. Yeah, until we got, until the sun went down and it came almost 20 below. So I was so fucked up. Ice cold. Well, right, but we got, so during the day, it was about four degrees. But because we had all the heaters on us, you almost take your jacket off because it's so damn hot. Underneath and you're inside. Right. And so we went inside and Chris and I were looking for a place to sit. And there's a guy that's sitting in the back left corner. That's Old signing. fucking guy. Looks like Papa Raj. Oh, well, yeah. He's signing autographs. And Chris goes, taps me on the shoulder and goes, who is that? And I had to look over and I went, that's Paul Horning. And he goes, who's Paul Horning? And I picked up my phone and I Googled Paul Horning. And I showed him, I was like, Paul fucking Horning. He's a two-time no, Super but, Bowl no, champion. No, but first, Will is like, just get in line. Just get in line and we'll yeah, pull it was up. Like, just, like, get, just get in line. And so then we get him. He gets in line. I was like, Chris, it's just fucking Paul Horning. And he was like, well, why do I want his autograph? I was like, Chris, you just want his autograph. And so he, he gets up there. I take a picture of both of them together. He signs. He signs two no, Chris. No, that's Chris. not true because you, you gave me the speech to tell him before that, like, wow, oh. he was Notre Dame, you know, like, oh, yeah. running well, and middle he linebacker. Won a, he won a Heisman Trophy at Notre Dame. He did all, but what's his so idea? So, so, so he, so he I was get, the last player to win a Heisman Trophy on a losing team. Yes. He's quite frankly the only player to lose he a, to only. win a, he's the only player. To win a Heisman Trophy on a losing team, he won a Heisman Trophy for a Notre Dame team that lost. That sounds like some mafia. Had a losing shit. record. Pete, how many players do you think won a Heisman Trophy with a losing record? Uh, not many. Paul Horning. So, so, but so I, I give Chris a little bit of the the fucking Packers shtick, right? Which is he's Paul Horning. Why would you not want Paul Horning's autograph? And again, Chris doesn't know who Paul Horning is. He was the Packers so, running back, but when they won all those bullshit championships. Yes. Oh, you mean oh, all the Super Bowls under Vince Lombardi? Those don't count. Oh, Gee, the Super Bowls under Vince Lombardi, the guy that's probably called... more than the ones today. No, 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 before, no, before, but the fake ones, so. The, no, no, but he come won on. all his, no, he no, won no, all no, of his no, under no, Vince Lombardi. He won six. Titles. It's hard to say. It's hard. It's hard to validate he won, that. He won two Super Bowls and six World Championships under Vince Lombardi. He won the highest championship in football six times. Yeah, I mean that's the way to put it. There's that's, no doubt about that. Some were Super Bowls, some were championships. Either way, the guy was slanging. But so Pete, so the way I'm looking at it, so I looked at Chris. He was like, "So who is this guy?" I was like, "Chris, get his autograph." Guys of shit. Immediately. He goes, and he goes, no, why dude, Chris? Dude, Chris, get in fucking line. Highlights are insane. So quite literally, I look at Chris like, Chris, get in fucking line, get his fucking autograph. Yeah. And Pete, frankly, Pete, I, I will did. tell you right now, Pete. Yes. You see that? Yeah. Oh, you got him. Yeah, I got Paul Horning. That's but Paul. what I'm saying is. So I, I got two Chris. So I looked at Chris and I was like, Chris, get the fucking line and get his autograph.
Howdy there, ladies and gents. It is your boy, podcast commercial break. Peter checking on in, saying thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to enjoy this podcast. And uh, I hope in one way or another, you're loving it. It's providing you some value or it's making you feel a little warm and fuzzy on the inside because that, that is the goal. And remember that all Hand Planet podcasts are sponsored by water. Drink a gallon a day. You need it. Back to the show. Chris, get the fucking line and get his autograph. And so he goes up there and I actually have a picture, of which I'll send to you, Jimmy. I have a picture of you shaking hands with Paul Horning as he's signing that picture to Chris Paul Horning. That is and you. after... And after you got it done, no, and like, and like, and they also put like HOF like nineteen seventy oh yeah. or oh yeah. something. Oh no, he did right? the whole like, thing. But, right, this but, guy so is that, old as fuck. That's valuable. But after you, after you got he it can done, barely ride it. But after after you got it done, I looked at you and was like, Chris, that man, that is he's a that's man. a that that dude is a first a first ballot. Oh no! Blink, sneeze, higher, whatever you want to. Higher, first, higher than that, dude. He is. He's a. He's a. He's a Heisman he's Trophy winner. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion under Vince Lombardi and a Heisman fucking Trophy winner. Yeah. That man. Not only did he win the Heisman, he won the Heisman. And then won three Super Bowls under Vince Lombardi. He's fucking Paul Horning. His and he played number, both. He played. He played both ways. Chris, put it this way: he was yep. a middle linebacker and hey, running back. Pete, Pete, badass. Pete, yeah. Put it this way: Paul Horning used to wear the number five, right? Yep. The old number five. Ask me if you can wear a five in Green Bay now. Nope. Can't do it. That should tell you how good of a that should tell you how good of a player he was. You can't wear his number in Green Bay. I mean, Michael Irving doesn't even have that in Dallas. Well, that's what I'm saying is you can't wear his number in Green Bay, and Green Bay might as well be the National Football Hall of Fame. Okay, yeah. take it easy. Take it easy. Cool it. Paul Bart Horning. Star, Bart Star, Brett Favre, Paul. Uh, we Paul. got Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman. Is that all right? I've got Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre beats both of them. We have. Uh, I don't know if that beats Troy. No, we have we have Quincy. You don't think Aaron Rodgers beats Troy? Quincy Carter. Aaron Rodgers doesn't beat Troy. No, I don't, I don't think he does. Oh, buddy. Oh, I mean, maybe talent-wise, but not ring. Oh, buddy. Who's got the oh, ring? You, do, is buddy. LeBron better than Jordan? No, LeBron is not better than Jordan, but Aaron okay. Rodgers is better than – Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady, so he's got to be better. Than, if he's better than Tom Brady, he's better than fucking Troy Aikman. We got he's better Paul, than God. We've got Paul Hornberg. Paul Vernon Hornberg, born Horning. Or Horning. Horning. Sorry, Horning. Hornung. U-N-G. Hornung. W- when Hornung. was he born? 
We have Paul Hornog, born December 23rd, 1935, nicknamed the Golden Boy. He's an American professional football player and a Hall of Fame running back for the Green Bay Packers, the National Football League, from 1957 to 1966. He played on teams that won four NFL titles and the first Super Bowl. He was the first. So five. So five titles in seven years. It's just nuts. He is the first Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner to do all of the following. Play pro football. Be selected as first overall selection in an NFL draft. Win nice. the most valuable player award and be inducted into both the professional and college football Hall of Fame. A versatile player, Horning was a halfback, a quarterback, and a place kicker. He was an yeah. excellent all-around college athlete. At <coughs> he played basketball in addition to playing football as a captain. Yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy. This guy was slaying. Jimmy, that, that too, Chris, from Paul Horning, keeps getting better with age. Hondo P. It's framed up nice. I got a brand new frame it, on it. I got it all keeps... my new shit. I got all my shit framed <laughs> like he won uniformly. The first Jimmy, it gets better with age. That Paul Horning. Well, I'm telling you, I got all my shit reframed. It was like a grand. It looks great now. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's in a nice frame. Bless you. Oh, that Paulie, that Paul Horning, that two Chris Ham from Paul Horning will do nothing but age correctly. Bro, like you should see the thing I Knock, knock. Who's there? Paul Horning, Paul Horning, Paul Horning. The guy's a legend. If you don't know it by now, you better know it. Back to the show. So the the best pieces. Yep. And Chris has seen two of them. The best pieces of memorabilia that my grandfather has. Yes. Chris has seen two of the three. Number one, he has a personalized Babe Ruth autograph. Yeah, that's excessive. His mother saw Babe Ruth in a spring training event and had him sign an autograph to my grandma, to my grandfather. That's incredible. What a good, what a good lady. So I, my grandfather has a personalized Babe Ruth autograph. The Whatever one that's the most better do that for me. The one, the one that's the most expensive that he has. Yeah. He has a Lou, he has a Lou Gehrig. Oh shit. He has a real Lou Gehrig. That's it's worth about sixty. It's worth about sixty. That one Lou Gehrig is worth about sixty-five grand. Wow. He's got a he's got a Lou Gehrig that's authenticated Lou Gehrig. And then the one the one that he has that I want, which I'll get, and nobody will ever touch because I made sure that nobody will ever touch it or breathe on it or speak its name near it. Yes. He has a a watercolor picture that's about the size of half a couch. Right. And it is a watercolor of the starting five 
of the Showtime Lakers? That one's not. It's big. It's signed by all five of the starting members of the Showtime Lakers. That's huge. That's what I want. That's mine. Your dad's got Mickey Mantle, right? So my so Pete, the the Mickey Mantle. Have you ever heard the Mickey Mantle story? I have, but I need to hear it again because it's the best Mickey Mantle story I've ever heard in my life. All right. So my dad. Right. So my my dad grew up uh, obviously playing baseball like everybody else does, and his childhood hero was Mickey Mantle. And so, huh? Our our dad, huge Mickey Mantle guy, loves him. Was your dad a Mickey Mantle fan? You, Bro, I, I have Mickey Mantle shit. Two Chris Mickey Mantle. Did you not? Right. Did you not send your dad the shit that that my dad had when you went into the office? Because you went into yeah, the I office. Did. I did. Uh, right. So so my my dad leaves college, and one of my grandfather's good friends owns an insurance company in Dallas and he needs a guy to go to Corpus Christi. So my dad goes to the body of Christ, as he calls it, Corpus Christi. And well, so he spends two years in Corpus Christi and he works his ass off. He spends two years in Corpus Christi and then they move him to Houston. Right. And so he's in the Houston Humana office and uh, Mickey Mantle for whatever reason, signs a, a contract to be their spokesperson, if you will. And, and so uh, Mickey, who again was a rampant alcoholic, Mickey was always downstairs at the Plush Horse, which was the downstairs bar over my dad worked. And one night, my dad's boss, which I won't name, but he he asked my dad, hey, do you want to go downstairs uh, and go to the plush horse? And I was like, yeah, of course, why? He goes, because Mickey Mantle's down there. And my dad goes, yeah, just my dad just essentially, he's not actually doing this, but he, in the in the way I like to put it, he just slides the, all the fucking work he has to do off the desk. Goes, yeah, let's go see Mickey Mantle. That's absolutely similar to what he would have done, but it's not exactly what he done. But he said, yeah, fuck yeah, let's go see Mickey Mantle. So they go downstairs and they sit at a table and Mickey's in this back left corner and he's kind of holding court. And uh, and my dad, the guy that is with my dad, knows Mickey. And so my dad kind of prodded him along and okay, let's go over and see Mickey. And so they go over. And they see Mickey Mantle and Mickey says, as they, hey, you know, this is Jim. He's a big fan of yours. And Mickey looks at him and goes, Jim, take a fucking seat. And somebody goes, okay. (laughs) He sits down. He takes a seat in the booth with Mickey Mantle. And so that was about 9 p.m. on a Thursday night. So they didn't end that encounter until about 4.30 in the morning on a Friday morning. Just a good time. Yeah, they had a good... Well, again, my dad, Brett Favre for me is Mickey Mantle to my dad. So my dad is sitting there going, 
I'm not leaving until fucking Mickey leaves. Like Mickey's, he's sitting here telling me stories about the 60 Yankees, 61 Yankees, 64 Yankees. Like he's just 57 yeah, Yankees. Like he, I'm not leaving. He just, right. I'm not leaving. I will not leave until fucking Mickey leaves. Okay. I'm not leaving until Mickey leaves. And Mickey keeps just, like, right, Chris, Mickey keeps going. And so they keep bringing Sen- drinks over. They keep bringing drinks Sen- over. Senators, senators, singers. Oh, well, right, but obviously Mickey, Mickey is Mickey's hammered already. But right, but Mickey's a drunk, and so he just keeps asking for drinks. And so my dad, being Chris, like you and I being twenty four, and for you, Roger Staubach being sixty five years old, saying, "Go, hey, Chris, stay for another. What are you gonna do? You're gonna oh, fucking stay for another. You're gonna I fucking stay for it. another. <laughs> right? You're absolutely. Roger, Roger Staubach is looking at you." Jimmy, Roger Stallback is looking at you saying, stay for another. What are you going to do? I'm in. Right. Well, I got to go home to Charlie, but fuck it. I'm having another. Right. <laughs> You're just going to text Sarah back, Sarah. Mm-hmm. I buy you all the things you want. Uh, give me an hour. <laughs> so just give me another hour. Mickey Mantle. And so he, uh, he stayed up with Mickey Mantle until about 445 in the morning. God, and then, experience. and so, and then, so then Mickey, this is again, this is like early eighties gave my dad Mickey's number on like a little business card and fucked off. And so my dad went home, slept for about maybe an hour and a half, went to work the next day being a Friday, my dad about four o'clock in the afternoon is looking to kick out and he gets a phone call through the secretary and the secretary forwards it through to my dad. <laughs> he goes, who's that? He goes, and she literally looks at him and says, you're going to want to take the left. You're going to want to take this. And he goes, okay. He goes, yeah. And it's quite literally Mickey Mantle on the phone. He goes, I'm at the plush for He's hammered already. He goes, I'm at the plush for So he looks at him and goes, are you fucking with me? He goes, no, that's Mickey Mantle. So where's he at? She said, he's at the plush horse downstairs. And so Mickey couldn't say plush horse. He was like, I'm at the plush horse. So my dad goes, okay. So he hangs up the phone and my dad climbs over his own desk and out through the fucking door and goes in, hits the fucking, hits the fucking elevator and goes downstairs. Because the night before, obviously my dad had talked to Mickey Mantle, but that's what my dad thought this was going to be was just one time I got to talk to Mickey Mantle. And the next day, Mickey Mantle called my dad on the phone, in his work phone. And so it gets called, and my dad goes, yeah, who's there on the line? And his secretary said, it's Mickey Mantle. He goes, go fuck yourself. She goes, no, Mickey Mantle is on the phone for you. And my dad, who's biggest idol in this world is mickey mantle he's sitting there going mickey mantle is calling me on the fucking phone i gotta mickey go mantle. mickey mantle is calling me he's not calling anybody else mickey mantle is calling me on the phone right now this if i pick this up mickey mantle will be on the end of it she goes yeah he goes okay and he answers it and he goes I'm at the plush horse downstairs. Come downstairs. 
That is mind blowing because that becomes from from so from like Dirk pulling me or Chris. So the 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 story is from two friends, two good friends of my dad that were working with at the time. My dad overturned his desk. I love it. Went out through the hallway, hit the button to go downstairs as many times as you can hit the fucking button until it actually got there. Went downstairs, and so once once my dad got there, about seven in the evening on a Friday, they stayed there until about four forty-five in the morning on Saturday morning, and my dad just sat there and listened to Mickey Mantle talk about being Mickey Mantle. Honestly, that's 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 a dream come true. So, so after after that. So after no. that, after that, my dad became drinking buddies with Mickey Mantle. Now it's not a good thing because Mickey's an alcoholic and he was an alcoholic for forever. But but for about six to eight months, my dad was drinking buddies with Mickey Mantle, which is his childhood sports hero, and I, I understand why he did it. Which is amazing. But I'm just trying to put that in perspective for me, like being a. It's a like doctor. it's like it's like Tony Romo times fifty. I, I would say it's, it's like, like Tony Romo's, dude, Petey. It's like Tony Romo times fifty being your guy. Yeah, I know. I mean, I feel like Dirk is the closest you can get in Dallas. No, but like still being relevant. Well, no, like Troy Aikman, but bigger. Like Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman, yeah, but, but, get to watch but Mickey Mantle. <laughs> No, but like hey, Mickey maybe, Mantle was hey. the last person to hit the triple crown. Like that's insane. Nineteen fifty-six, insane. Dude, it's like, but it, this way, Pete. That's it's like awesome. Troy Aikman. It's like Troy Aikman. If everybody knew who Troy Aikman was, right. it's like Troy Aikman times fifty. Honestly, yeah, that's like the best way to 50. describe it. Being, being at that point, being drinking buddies with, with Mickey Mantle is like being drinking buddies with Troy Aikman. If Troy Aikman times, 50. times ten times fifty. Times fifty. Yeah. Or you have Troy, Michael, Dion, and Emmett. So, Pete, <laughs> that'd, be, Pete that'd be dope. Pete, Pete, Pete. Put it this way. Pete, put it this way. So, my dad was at the table for this. This is one of my favorite stories about Mickey Mantle. Yes. It's a bad story because he was hammered, but it makes it, it's really funny. I guess if you know Mickey Mantle. But so uh, this girl comes up to Mickey Mantle while my dad and a couple of the guys, a couple of the fucking humanity guys are all talking, hanging out. And the guy and the girl says, Mr. Mantle, my grandfather loved you. Would you mind signing an autograph? And he said, sure, Tuts, what's his name? And she gave him his name. He said, two eggs, go fuck yourself, Mickey Mantle. And he <laughs> sent the autograph off. Oh, that would I, be an amazing. And piece. I have said to Chris several times before, because I'm sure I've told Chris that story before. I want the actual piece of reveal that says, to you, fuck off, Mickey Mantle. Like, I want my, that. My Uncle Steve has, to Steve, don't be a jackass, Brett Hull. Yeah, which is like it's even that's that's fantastic. That's no, what you want. That, 
Go fuck yourself is just oh for Even Mickey better. Mantle to say two two X go fuck yourself Mickey Mantle, I want that. And the fact that my dad was there when he wrote it, that's amazing. It's like my, so my one of my dad's best friends is Tim Blanchard. Tim Blanchard is the son of Johnny Blanchard. Johnny oh, Blanchard. I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go, boys. I got I got shit going on. What do you got? Baby shit. Baby shit. Peace. Okay. So Johnny Blanchard, Johnny Blanchard was the father of Tim Blanchard. And Johnny was on the Yankees. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Johnny was on the baseball team from like 55 to 62. And he used to tell them, he used to tell them all the stories of Mickey Mantle and then Roger Maris as far as 61 is concerned. And all that I've ever heard from anybody that knew Mickey Mantle was as much as he didn't hit 61 in 61. Yeah. He hit 56. And there were a couple of those that he hit. Yep. One in particular that cleared the facade with old bats and old balls old and old Yankee Stadium. No he bullshit. cleared he cleared the facade in old Yankee Stadium on the left side of the plate. He's a normal righty. He cleared. That's he cleared. He cleared the facade. He had a baseball outside of the stadium. You think there's a 19... right now in the MLB who's like, we'll be able to look back on them and be like, man, that was like our Mickey Mantle. Well, there are a lot of players right now. That, there are a lot of players right now that can do what Mickey Mantle did at the time. Well, it's not. Yeah, it's a different era. But they couldn't. But they couldn't do it yeah. at the time. Now, again, but again, this is part of my part of my issue here. And I'm, I'm again, I am a I'm a massive baseball fan. I love baseball. Yeah, but love it. Part of my issue is Babe Ruth could not hit a home run against a Roldis Chapman. Can't, couldn't. couldn't, couldn't even deal with it. Couldn't deal with it. No, they'd see it. You you couldn't have Babe Ruth deal with uh, what's his face from the Dodgers. What's his face from the Dodgers? What's his name? Uh, uh, Clay Kershaw. Kershaw. Yeah. If you gave me. A 98-mile-an-hour fastball and then Clayton's fucking curveball. Babe Ruth couldn't hit that. He can't hit that. He can't. He can't, he can't hit that. No. So, when people say, so when people say that Barry Bonds shouldn't be the home run leader, I say, okay. Then you tell me a time in which Babe Ruth could hit Randy Johnson consecutively. You give me a time where Babe Ruth could hit 
give me a time where Babe Ruth could hit a 99-mile-an-hour fastball inside. Not a, not a super inside one. I mean, just quite literally in the zone inside. I couldn't tell you. Put it this way. Do you think Babe Ruth could take John Lester yard? Yeah, I think Babe Ruth could. I like to think he could. Well, you would like to think he could. I, could I'm, he? I'm having faith in the old legend. But could he? Probably, probably not looking too good. He can't take that slider. He certainly can't take that curveball. Can't take that fucking changeup. Frankly, do you think he could take? Do you think he could take Kyle Hendricks' yard? Brother, I, I think. Kyle, uh, I, I think. I gotta look at the numbers. No, I think Kyle Hendricks would roast him. And that guy doesn't even throw more than 85 miles an hour. Babe Ruth could not play against a Dominican now. Look at the south side of Chicago. Look at how many guys on the south side of Chicago that are currently on that White Sox roster. Lou Bob, especially. Luis Robert. You're telling me that Luis Robert, who took a man – that threw the ball 101 miles an hour and he took him 475 feet yard. You're telling me he's gonna he's gonna whiff on a ball from fat no. Babe Ruth? No, not even a shot. Not a shot. Unfortunately. Not even a shot. Unfortunately, though. No. Would love to see it. Not even a shot. That fat bastard, not gonna happen. He was a chubby fucker. Huh? Old Babe Ruth guy. Guy had a couple sausage rolls. Well, but Giambi, he, he was just a Jason. He's he a meat Jason tank. G. Jason Giambi as a left-handed hitter. Giambi was in old Yankee Stadium was about as close as you got. Jason Giambi. Damn, I'm looking just at a. Uh, uh, Paul Paul Horning's stats. Pete, Pete. you're mind blowing, brother. I Pete. wish I had one. Pete, can I read him? Look up the Pete. Look up the video. Look up Paul Horning highlights. Look up Paul Horning videos of his stats. Look uh, up Paul Horning video. Paul, watch Paul. Watch Paul Horning run the football. Yep. Here, I'll do that. Here, let me do this. I can, can share. You can you share it? Yes. Love that. Let's watch it. You see it? I can. You can? I can. Yeah, let's see it. Fantastic. Let's uh, watch Paul Horning. NFL Films? Yeah, it'll work. That'll do. 2020, made in 2020. They're still talking about him. Well, he's Paul Horning, so. Draft choice, the Green Bay Packers. in Get to him. Oh, no, get to him. Oh, here we go. He won the Heisman Trophy as a quarterback at the University of Notre Dame. 
and he was a first-round draft choice of the Green Bay Packers in 1957. When he arrived in Green Bay, the only feasible legend in the region was the amount of booze consumed in the town's 197 bars. But after he left, nine years later, Green Bay had become known as Titletown, USA. He led the Packers to three world championships. Twice, he was the league's most valuable player, and for three consecutive years, he led the NFL in scoring. And he was probably the best blocking back the game has ever known. Because of his narrow, sloping shoulders, his teammates nicknamed him Goat Shoulders, or Goat for short. But perhaps you remember him better as the Golden Boy. Paul Horning is the subject of our NFL scrapbook. Paul, when he came to uh, school, was the, was the blue-eyed, blonde, good-looking, probably going to be a movie star kid, and uh, cocky, unpredictable. Except in a game, he was predictable. He was going to give you his all. And we're scooting and booting right along. Hoping you're loving the podcast. If you are, smash the good old like button. Comment. Love to hear it. And uh, send it to send it to someone that you never send something to. Let's catch him off guard. Back to the show. Who broke as many curfews as he did tackles. Well, see, Paul, you could talk about a lot of things. You talk about his women, and I'm not sure he had all those chicks. Uh, you could talk about uh, staying out late at night. Yeah, so did the rest of us. But we didn't make good news. It was Paul. And we understood that. And even today in his commercials, when he talks about practice, 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 I don't know if he's that good. Horning was drafted by the Packers and wasn't happy with the prospect of life in Green Bay, playing for a team that hadn't enjoyed a winning season since the end of World War II. Well, it was the Siberia of professional football. I mean, anybody who uh, was caught doing anything wrong throughout the National Football League, were, they were always threatened that they were going to be traded to Green Bay, you know. So my first year in professional football, I played quarterback, halfback, and fullback, all three positions. I never knew what I was going to play. In 1958, Horning led the Packers in rushing, but there wasn't much fun playing for a team that won only one game the entire season. So those first couple of years, I think I was like everybody else. I wanted to get out. I wanted to be traded. Uh, and then Lombardi arrived. 1950. Then Vince came around. Uh, he called me on the telephone. He said, I'd really like to spend some time with you, but I want to tell you right now, you're going to be my left halfback, or you're not going to be playing with the Green Bay Packers. And that was the first time that I really knew what I was going to be playing in professional football, because here was a man who had decided on the talent of Paul Harding would, Look at that. Or he would fail as a left halfback in his offense. He was a good runner, and he was a halfback type of runner rather than a fullback type of runner. But also, of course, the fact that he was a quarterback, he had a good passing arm, he had a good knowledge of the passing game, and he knew when to throw. Timmy, that's your dude. Timmy, that's your dude. He liked some things. For example, he did not have great speed. Five is your guy. Channing had great speed. He might very well go down in history as the greatest halfback of all time. 
1960, Corning set an NFL record that may never be broken when he scored 176 points in one season. Chris, to be, I would say, competitor in one season. The tougher the game, the tougher he played. He had a nose for the goal line. Uh, I think Paul Horning was as good inside the 20 yard line as any football player. Also, Forrest Drake has his number up. I felt that at the time. And Paul got the ball in his hand inside the 20 yard line. That was number 66. Somehow or another, we would get it in, or he would get it in. Hey, Chris, who was number 15 for Green Bay? Oh, shit. I don't know. Bart Starr. He was big. Paul, I guess, about six foot two, six three, and at the time about two thirty, and he could block. In spite of Horning's glamorous image, his blocking was just as vital. Jimmy Taylor, thirty-one. Jimmy fucking Taylor. That's my dude. Thirty-one, my guy. Jimmy Taylor. On the field, Horning captured the best of the game's traditional values. Off the field, he remained football's Pancake block. playboy. Being the, the fine uh, person, the high uh, quality value. Jimmy Taylor, my dude. He had very strong leadership qualities off the football field. <laughs> Come on, Roy, quit laughing, man. <laughs> quit laughing. The broads that he brought in. The, the broads that he brought in, that's the name of the game. You do your job on the field, and if, if you're bad on the field, and you'd be bad off the field with the chicks, all right? Well, Paul was a golden boy, obviously. He was a little bit different than, as a player than what I was accustomed to coaching, and I didn't have an opportunity to coach him, but he was a talented player. And I respected Vince Lombardi so much, so I know that, that Paul had to stay at least within Lombardi's guidelines to play with him, so it wasn't all bad. What was bad was Horning's penchant for gambling, and his friendship with bookmakers prompted an investigation by a commission. Well, he loves the dice. After I completed my investigation, I, uh, I asked Lombardi to come to New York, and he didn't ask why he came in. And I just pushed the folder across containing the information that I'd accumulated. And Lombardi looked at it for about five minutes, and he looked up and he says, well, Pete, you have no choice. I said, that's what I think, Vinny. He says, let's have a drink. And we went across the street and talked about other things for about an hour and had a couple of drinks. I know what I did was wrong. I didn't realize at the time that it was that serious. Pete, I never bet against stop him. that for never, a second. Uh, yeah. So what, what happened there with Vince Lombardi is what I wish more coaches would do. The, the commissioner of football right. handed, that, handed that piece of material over to Vince Lombardi, who opened it and said, Paul Honey has a gambling problem. He closed it, slid it back across the table and said, let's go have a drink. And he went across the street to the bar, had a drink with the commissioner of football and said, you're not going to suspend Paul Horning. And he said, you know what? I'm not going to suspend Paul Horning. That's how that happened. 
<laughs> handshake agreement. No, so Pete, so funny thing about about Green Bay, Wisconsin, um, as it goes as far as the National Football League, and this is actually kind of funny as far as the actual history of the National Football League, uh, the Green Bay Packers were very close to folding as a franchise, and then Prohibition hit. Uh. And Prohibition is one of the – the Green Bay Packers are probably the only team that have actually benefited from Prohibition. Because Wisconsin, Wisconsin as a state, and a lot of the townships, especially around Green Bay, said, we're not doing prohibition. So Green Bay kept liquor their town. liquor lights. Green Bay had, had speakeasies open. And okay. so every year, teams that didn't need to play Green Bay our bigger teams like New York um, would come into Green Bay to play in Green Bay because Green Bay didn't have a prohibition license. So as far as Green Bay kept having liquor. So teams kept coming in to play. This is actually, this is one of the funnier reasons that the Packers actually still exist. Green Bay, Green Bay as a city, rebuked the national uh, prohibition law. So Green Bay, Wisconsin, is about the only place you could have gotten booze in the Midwest. So the Bears, what turned out to be the, the Vikings, what turned out to be the Lions, what turned out to be the Giants, what turned out to be the Jets, what turned out to be like the Eagles, all of these, all of what turned out to be all of these teams would come into Green Bay to play Green Bay to the point that three years in a row, the NFL actual owners meetings were held in the middle of Green Bay, Wisconsin, because they could do it in a speakeasy. That's incredible. So great, frankly, so this, there's, a, there's a guy that wrote a book. It's a coffee table book, and I can't think of his name, otherwise I'd plug his name. Uh, but he, he wrote a book about the Green Bay Packers and their uh, connection to uh, prohibition in Wisconsin. And at the first part, people were like, well, the Green Bay Packers have no, no part in uh, prohibition for Wisconsin. And then as he wrote the book, he said, no, the Green Bay Packers are incredibly linked to prohibition in Wisconsin. Frankly, the actual NFL is linked to prohibition in Wisconsin. There were four or five different full-term NFL meetings that were held in a hotel in, in uh, Ashwaubenon, Wisconsin, because that part of Wisconsin where the Green Bay Packers are currently held, they didn't have uh, they didn't have a, a ban on liquor. So the, they were the, the entire so the entire company yep. would go to Green Bay once a year 
and Come have their the whole thing. And they all get hammered. And everybody get hammered, have a good time. Then they go home. And that's that was Wisconsin. Well, right, but so that's so it's kind of funny in the sense that <laughs> most people don't think that. So again, so Wisconsin with the Packers, we're we're collectively tied, the Packers and and the the just the human body of Wisconsin, we're all collectively tied together, but but the people that came into Wisconsin to talk about the NFL season upcoming in like the 1930s, they're all like, we're all part of this as far as they all came into Wisconsin because Wisconsin didn't say, no, let's get rid of booze. So Wisconsin kept having booze, which is why everybody keeps telling Wisconsin that they're drunk, which is fine because they are drunk. We are all drunks. But nothing wrong with it. Wisconsin, Wisconsin is the reason that the actual National Football League still fucking exists. You know, I love it. I had no idea about that. And I love, I mean, I've never been to Wisconsin, but I've seen pictures. Petey, you've never been to Wisconsin? So Chammy went, obviously Chammy went with me. He got a lot of shit for that, by the way. Oh, yeah, I know he did. You took him. You gave, you gave him a lot of shit for that. Well, well, I, no, I, I was good about it. I supported it. You gave him a little shit about that because we came into Dallas the next week. And we spanked that ass. Well, well, we're we're not going to go into that. We're going to avoid that. So, but that that hurt. I remember that game. So, so I said, I said uh, about a year ago that I thought that the hiring of Mike McCarthy would be a good deal, since he doesn't seem to lose in Dallas. Uh, Turns out I was wrong. He seems to know how to lose in Dallas. I I like him. I mean, shit. I just do you actually like him? I mean, you know, we got to give him a shot. That's how I feel. Okay. Um, I wish we could have done. I wish we could have went with Chris Richard. Do you know who that is? So, 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 okay. So, Pete, for you, who yeah. is? So, let's punt on this year. 2020, 2021, who is yeah. the, the starting quarterback for the Dak. Cowboys? In- Dak. Dak. No doubt Dak about it. Dak. Hundo P. Hundo P. Yeah, but at to what point? Well, he got two how years. much money? He's gonna, get how his much money? He's gonna get his contract. He got two years to win a bowl. Doesn't hey, win a bowl. Pete. Which I hate to say we gotta wait Pete? another Pete. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this right now. We're all in the trust tree. Yes. You 
you know you don't think he's going to win you Super Bowl. No, I genuinely do. I believe in Dak. You think Dak Prescott's going to win you a Super Bowl? Yeah. As long as Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay, you yep. think that Dak Prescott is I think better? He can do it. I think. I think if we get healthy, see, do we you think we don't have a lot. Do you think? Do you think flat out right now, if not for Dak Prescott, they'd be better than the Packers? Um. No, I mean we need our offensive line first. That's a- See, so. That's my point. They're but, not better than. Yes. No, you know you're not better than. So at that point, Aaron's Aaron's thirty-seven, and you're still not better than. So you have to punt and just make better. A diehard boys fan, brother. I'll never give it up. No, I know you're a diehard boys fan, but still. Never giving up. Fucking need to a little bit. It's been a tough year. I'm not going to lie, brother. Really, really, really. Well, yeah, it's been a tough year. Of course, it's been a tough year. Because Dak blew out his ankle. (sighs) It was on such a just a normal, greasy fucking. Dak blew the fuck out of his ankle. Yeah, of course, it's a bad year. It's a bad year. It hurts. But if you, but if you are dumb enough to pay him $35 million a year, that's on you. Well, I mean. Who else? Hey, Pete. Yes, brother. I'm listening. Who's in the position to pay? <clears throat> I would say I, I Jerry's going to do it. He's kind of got no choice now. Who's in the position for you to pay? Dak. 20, okay. Who's in a position for you to pay 25 a year? Jerry. We, I mean, we got a shitload of cap room right now. You don't, though. We do. We do. Look it up. Look it up. Tell you what. We got the cap room. So why pay Dak Prescott again? Because I feel like Dak is just so valuable as a leader for the boys. But he's not, though. He is. He is. To me, he is. Do you think he beats Green Bay this year? If if we had our O-line and Ian Dak, yes. Oh, you know you're wrong. Brother, I'm a diehard boys fan. I know, but he also Green Bay also whipped your ass the last time he played you in Dallas. So, what I'm saying is, he can't beat the Packers, and the Packers are in front of you. So blow it up. This year is going to be rough. I'll tell you that. Do you actually think that with Dak Prescott, they could right now on a neutral field beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? the team that is number two in the league in offensive scoring. You think the, you think the Cowboys defense? I don't, I don't. I think we got a shit team this year, unfortunately. Right. Which is what I'm saying, which is why you should just let Dak go. Cause you're going to have to pay him 
$45 million a year. Do you think for $45 million a year over the next three years that Dak Prescott's going to win you a Super Bowl? I think you will. And Pete, Pete, this is something I would absolutely put on your podcast. I would be on my own end to put this on your podcast. Do you actually think over the next three years that Dak Prescott I absolutely do. Are we including this year? I think I think he'll win it yeah. within, if not next year, the year after. So why do you think that? I think he's hitting his stride. He's the best he's yet to come. He's going to be pissed. He's You've you know yet to tell me why. Because you've he's given win me his ball games. You've given me bullshit. He's going to win his ball games. He's not going to win you bowl games. He can't win you bowl games. He's in the NFL. Well, not this year, but he's going to. Okay. Bring this so when has, when has he ever won you anything in the playoffs? We got to win. Seattle. Let's not good. No good. We almost so beat Seattle. the Rams. So Seattle and you almost beat the Rams one time. I, I mean, he's been playing three years. This fourth year. Yeah. Don't pick it up. I mean, what? Why? He's just, Pete, you know, the reason why is because you are in the same position that most teams are is, well, if why, then who's next? Just you have to find out who's next. Because frankly, and I, again, as a Packers fan, I feel like a cunt because we got Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers, and that just isn't fair. I mean, but but it is. But you don't typically have that happen, so you just need to double up and go for the next quarterback. You can't. Dak is not going to win you a Super Bowl because Dak's got to go. Dak has to go. For Trevor. Pete. Aim for Trevor for the boys. Aim for Trevor. That's not even saying Trevor's going to be good. What I'm saying is, Trevor. Trevor. Trevor at a bare minimum, right? So, example for the Green Bay Packers would be, well, you've got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So if Dallas, if Dallas had to play Green Bay in the playoffs, Dallas would get their ass kicked. You can't score with Green Bay. You just can't. Well, this year. Well, any what year. Ben, who's nuts. Bonkers. When was the last time? When was the last time you beat the Packers in the playoffs? We haven't, brother. I know. Yeah. It hurts. So now again. And Pete, if this is on, if this is on the record, I will say this on the record. Fire away. I will say this. I will. I will say this on the record right now. All right, let's hear it. What we got? Des Bryant. Des Bryant caught that football. He did. He did. He did. Des Bryant absolutely. I I, I respect that. Des Bryant caught that football. Now, am I going to argue about it? No. Did the Packers win? Yep. Am I upset about it? Not a chance. Not a chance am I upset about it. But did he catch that football? You're fucking right. He caught that football. He uh, absolutely 
150,000% caught that football. Des Bryant caught that football. That year. Des Bryant caught that football. He absolutely caught that football. There is nowhere in my life where I would look at that play and say he didn't catch that football. I agree. Except for me, except for me being a Packers fan and being happy he didn't catch the football. But he absolutely caught that football. Brother, he I did. was on the I was on the positive end of it, but absolutely does Bryant caught that football. All righty, ladies and gents. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for kicking it with the squad. I got to say, unfortunately, we weren't able to fit in the good old hand planet podcast, Would You Rathers, but I got some good news. We got an epic, hilarious story about my beloved big brother, Christopher Hand. Enjoy. Chris. Yeah, I shit my pants. He just kept, well, I, I guess you have to respect it. He's like, yeah, I shit my pants. I put a new pair of pants on. He quite literally shit his drawers, took his drawers off, and then put his shorts back on. Yeah. Because he shit his, he shit his, he shit his britches. And face. so he took his, he took his underwear off, and then he put his pants back on, and he played the rest of the round with his fucking shitty britches back on. Well, there you have it, ladies and gents. Quite frankly, I hate for anything to ever end on a shitty note, but I gotta admit, that was the most incredible, hilarious, shitty note I think, quite frankly, I've ever witnessed. So I hope you loved the story, stories uh, that we were able to share tonight. And uh, if you can do me a favor, if you can share this podcast with your mom your dad your brother your sister your cousin your second cousin your third cousin your uncle your neighbor rick anyone who needs some more positive vibes send it their way because as we always say on the hand planet podcast you can never overdose on the good vibes with that we say salute we say adios, and until next time, much love.